because I really believe it's about our personal connection and exploring our relationship with how the plants are speaking to us. And we're all led to create different things. And for me, working with plants is, is a very creative process because it's really connecting us to that source of, of who we are and, and what our magic is to bring out in the world. Hey friends, welcome to the Medicine Stories podcast, where we explore the mythic journeys we undertake when coming to know ourselves through interviews with herbalists, story keepers, ancestral listeners, consciousness explorers, earth dreamers, and other wise folk, with the guiding assumptions, beliefs, truisms that story is medicine, magic is real, and healing is open-ended and endless. My name is Amber Hill, and this is episode 24. Today I'm talking to herbalist and author Faye Johnston. Faye is um, the author of a recent book called Plants That Speak, Souls That Sing, and um, it's a really sweet book. I love her whole message, her whole vibe, and I'm excited to share this with you. Some of the things that we talk about are returning to an ancestral homeland and taking up ancestral practices, being called by something invisible, when something that feels like failure turns out to be a blessing, how plants can connect us to the source of creativity, giving ourselves the time and permission for inner exploration and for play, uh, bringing enchantment and ritual to our relationship with plants, Faye shares a deeply transformative mugwort medicine story. We talk about generational forgetting and shame around using plant medicine, um, a vision slash visitation from the great-grandmother that Faye never knew, how our bodies carry our stories, meeting the spirit of plants with the breath, the benefits of not having a ton of plant knowledge, and bypassing the brain to get to the heart. Um, I want to remind you that my first ever herb teacher and episode 20 guest, Cammie McBride, still has, as of the day of this release, still has her three free videos on all about healing herbal oils um, available right now on her website. I think they become unavailable on Friday, August 24th, and that's when registration for her online course about how to make herbal oils closes. But until then, these three videos are free and they're wonderful. Uh, the first one's about how to make fresh plant infused oils, which is the method that I use for all of my mythic medicinals oils taught to me by Cami in person in her apprenticeship uh, in 2007. And the second video is all about making dried plant oil infusions. And Cami has a really special method of doing this. She uses calendula as an example in the video. Um, you can also use it with comfrey and just other plants that really should be dried when you make them into oil. This is a question I get all the time. Which plants should I use fresh? Which dried? How do I know? And then how do I do it without having them spoil? Um, Cami answers all of these questions in these videos and shows you how to make them. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes um, to this episode that you're listening to right now. I'll put it near the top so it's really easy to access. And go check them out. Go check them out. And the third video is just all about how 
Um, herbal oils are like the easiest home remedy, herbal home remedy to make with the most rewarding returns, the biggest bang for your buck. Um, I love herbal oils. I've talked about this a ton. The last episode, 23, is all about this. So I don't want to say too much, but just check it out. Check it out. Cami's course, Handcrafted Healing Herbal Oils, will take you step by step through how to make affordable, high quality, homemade, shelf stable herbal oils right in your own kitchen. She's been doing this for decades. She's a master. This is such a great way um, for people to step into the world of herbalism or to really deepen their own, not only herbal practice, but like your presence in your body. And this is something that I never would have guessed would end up sort of almost being the theme of this whole podcast. Pretty much every single episode for me has has boiled down to like how to be a more embodied human, how to live in my body instead of in my mind all the time. And therefore, you know, how to access my intuition and my instinctive knowing in order to connect more with the world around me, be a better herbalist, be a better mother, be a better person. Um, for me now, for 11 years, oiling my body with whole plant infused oils has been my main practice as far as grounding myself, becoming present, and really knowing myself and interacting with the world in such a way that my nervous system is in a state of calm and receptiveness. So, uh, Faye has an awesome ebook available for today's listeners. It's called Becoming a Plant Spirit Explorer. It's a beautiful PDF, which also has a bonus embedded link to a strengthening meditation to breathe and connect with a tree. And we talk about this idea in this interview, as I've already mentioned, of connecting with the spirit of plants through breath. Such a simple technique but like so powerful, um, just seems like it should be really a foundational practice to anyone wishing to deepen their connection with the plant realm. Um, and anyone can receive a free audio from Faye's book by signing up on her website, fayjohnston.com. It's F-A-Y-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N-E.com. Um, I wanted to mention really quick, this thing I saw on Facebook that I thought was a neat merging of two of the past guests on this podcast. So this is something that Stephen Herod Buner posted on his Facebook page on July 29th. If you feel like going back and reading it, his name on Facebook is just Stephen Buner, no Herod. And um, it was a pretty long post all about how he has dealt with and almost fully, it sounds like, healed his chronic back pain, which was a result of writing so many books, basically like a book a year for 20 years, I think, and just sitting, 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 um, which for me as an aspiring author was really good to think about how to, um, you know, prevent that from happening to myself. One day when I have enough time to just sit and sit for hours and hours when the kids are older. Um, so basically, he lists all these things that he tried. And the thing that really ended up working for him was microdosing psilocybin. Um, and I think some sort of cacti as well. Um, and of course, 
Stephen was my guest on episode eight of the podcast, and we did talk a little bit about psychedelics. We didn't talk about microdosing at all. And then episode 13, my guest was James Fadiman, who has popularized the concept of microdosing. And we talked quite a bit about that and that podcast. So I just thought it was really neat to see one guest talking about how this idea, this work that's been brought forth by another guest, microdosing psychedelics, um, helped to heal chronic back pain. That's a really big deal. Um, so I sent the message, I sent Stephen's post to Jim, Jim Fadiman, and he wrote back and was just very grateful to read this testimonial because pain is something that he's been really curious about with the microdosing and is it helping people with pain? And he hadn't heard much back from people, but this was a glowing testimonial speaking to that. And one more thing that I wanted to mention before we get into this lovely conversation. Um, So Faye shares a really neat story all about mugwort and this like deep trance state that she was not expecting to be put into while just sitting and meditating and looking at a mugwort plant in her garden. Um, and just how like, yeah, transformative and healing this experience was for her. And I love mugwort. Mugwort is my main plant ally always has been. And it reminded me, I thought I would share with you guys that there's this really neat 10th century old English manuscript known as the Nine Herbs Charm. Um, You can look it up if you're interested, see what the other herbs are. I don't want to talk too much about it, but mugwort is the first plant listed in this ancient text. And what it says about mugwort is, remember mugwort, what you revealed what you established at the mighty proclamation. Una, you are called, oldest of herbs. You may avail against three and against thirty. You may avail against poison and against contagion. You may avail against the loathsome one who travels through the land. So, you know, no one knows what the mighty proclamation means. Um, there's a lot here, obviously, that doesn't really translate into modern times, modern language, but clearly mugwort is being called upon as a very powerful plant against poison, against contagion. And the part that really speaks to me though is oldest of herbs. Mugwort is called oldest of herbs. And that is just so the feeling that I get from this powerful beautiful plant too. Every time I smell it, every time I taste it, which I do all the time, my main practice of connecting with mugwort for over 10 years now has been putting it in my mouth. Whenever I see a plant, whenever I pass by one, the dried mugwort I have in my home, the um, tinctures and vinegars and oxymels that I've made, and the oil that I've put in my skin, uh, but mostly just putting mugwort leaf and flowers in my mouth has been a major practice for me now for a while. And I, there's something about that taste, that smell, the interaction of this plant with my body that opens chambers of ancient memory in the brain, to quote Judith Berger in her lovely book, um, Herbal Rituals. So yeah, that's called the Nine Herbs Charm if you want to learn more. It's really neat. And now let me tell you about Faye really quickly. Oh, and I should tell you that the free PDF that I mentioned earlier is um, Becoming a Plant Explorer. 
is available on the Patreon for this podcast. It's patreon.com slash medicine stories at the $2 level. Thank you so much, everyone who has pledged. It just makes my heart grow three sizes every time I see it. Every time I check and see that there have been more pledges, more comments, more likes, more thank yous for the incredible content that the past guests on this podcast have made available as support for this show. And thank you so much to those of you who have supported by pledging there. It's really fun to um, communicate with my guests and figure out what we can offer that would be valuable and that would be in line with the episode and the interview and what we talk about here. So you can check that out there. You can join the Medicine Stories Facebook group if you're into that. And so Faye Johnston is a shamanic practitioner, herbalist, and Reiki master with a passion for helping people and plants grow together. Faye believes that restoring our sacred relationship with the earth and connecting to our natural environment, seasons, and cycles is essential in order for us to maintain our vitality, health, and well-being. Faye is the author of Plants That Speak, Souls That Sing, a guide to transforming your life with the spirit of plants inspired by Faye's five years as an organic flower and herb farmer. It's Faye's goal to help us weave nature and enchantment back into our own lives to feel more in harmony with our true nature and sense of self. Faye offers workshops educating on plant-spirit connection and earth-based ritual and shamanic treatments across the UK, online, and from her home in Scotland. So let's get right into it and listen to this interview with Faye Johnston. Hello, Faye. Welcome to Medicine Stories podcast. Hi, Amber. Lovely to be here. I'm I'm really enjoying um, the sound of your voice so far, and the 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 accent. Really, it just um, it brings me right in line with a branch of my ancestry that I am very enamored of and taken with and interested in exploring further. So even just, you know, reading about your life and that you're living in Scotland now, I believe makes me, it's just kind of reopening this, this path of interest for me. Yeah. Well, interestingly, um, I've only been living here for about coming up to just four years now. And I, I I feel the same way in a sense, because I, I was living in the South of England. That's where I was brought up. I moved to Nova Scotia and we, 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 we kind of say, oh yeah, we came back to the UK, but coming to Scotland is like, was like coming to coming home in the sense that my ancestors were from here too. And, um, up until very recently, I was really just living, um, down the road from where my great grandfather grew up and was working. And I was working at the time interestingly as a gardener for a big house a big estate house and interestingly he my ancestors had been gardeners you know back in the day for another estate house so it was this very interesting kind of um blending of lives and connecting with that plant ancestry and that it just felt it felt like the right thing because it was it was it was sad for us to to leave Canada and come come to Scotland but that really helped me land and find a connection with plants and and the land where I was so and there's a big draw you know the Celtic cultures and our ancestors and the 
and that, that Scottish vibe. There's, a, there's this really big draw because it is a magical place here, um, just like everywhere. I mean, I think the British Isles, actually, I feel really, truly blessed to be back on this soil because it's it's steeped in history and, you know, ancient sacred places. And we were just driving the other day and we 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 bumped into someone who was like, oh, have you been to see those standing stones over there? And we're like, no, we didn't know there were standing stones here. This is just, you know, 20 minutes from where we live. So we're always able to discover these these magical places um, that nature has for us. And and there are some there are some beautiful ancient yew trees, for example, uh, where my partner has his studio and just walking in that uh, it, it originally was part of a you know an ancient forest and now these trees are all that remains of it and you just you know you it's like you're going through a portal when you are walking in this part of the the gardens there and you you know the it, it's palpable the atmosphere around you changes and through your physical senses you you start to feel it because obviously you're getting cooler because the the coverage in the trees is slightly it's slightly thicker and the the sounds around you change you know the birds change that you the forest kind of envelops you as you come into this tunnel and there there are these ancient yew trees and it's again a really beautiful powerful place to sit and contemplate and and I feel really fortunate that because this is kind of the thing that I love to do and and try and make a living from that this is you know I'm really drawn to this and and so I I do spend the time and you know make make space for it in my life but you know sadly many of us are just you know too busy going from from place to place without really opening the senses to to feel our way into these magical places yeah. Oh, my whole body is just buzzing listening to you speak about the British Isles like that. Um, I, uh, I would love to hear then about about your time in Nova Scotia, and you had a flower farm there, I believe, that sort of really led you deeper into this plant path that you're on, and and through that too, you can kind of tell us about your approach to to working with the spirits of plants, you know, above and beyond just, quote, using them as medicine, but really connecting with them as beings and um, the sort of how this lays the groundwork for your book. Um, well, we, my partner and I moved to Nova Scotia. We had this sort of, you know, we were really following our hearts. I was feeling very um, trapped almost in the, this kind of tiny house and this this life that was mapped out for us in the south of England where we were. And so we, we followed our dream to uh, to have some space and start to grow. And that was obviously very wide open. So in a sense, we were, we were, we were pulled by something invisible from the start and, and allowed it to manifest around us. And it did turn into uh, this organic flower and herb farm. And yeah, up until that point, I had been doing um, a, a BSc in herbal medicine in the UK, which actually I'd stopped because there'd been, you know, long story, I stopped doing this, this studying. And so I always at the back of my mind, I'd, I'd been, I'd been kind of annoyed with myself that I didn't pursue it hard enough that I hadn't, you know, uh, tried harder to find another school that could do it. And so I always had this 
I suppose in a sense, a sense of, I was carrying this, this sense of, I failed somewhere because I, I never became the clinical herbalist that, that I, that I could have been. Um, and what happened there is, um, in a way plants were not really in the forefront of my mind. It was my partner, this gentle nudging saying, well, you know, don't you want to start making some more herbal potions? Don't you want to start doing this again? And I, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I do. And it was almost like I'd had a love affair with plants when I was studying my herbal medicine degree. And then because that had ended badly or, or changed direction slightly, I'd, I'd um, you know, like we are with lovers, we're kind of like, huh, okay, well, um, I'm going to shut that part of me down. And so being out in Nova Scotia on our beautiful farm, we had lovely 35 acres and, um, we were very rural in this lovely rural community. So really, there was no choice but to totally uh, immerse myself in, in, the, in the plants that were there. And I, it was an absolute awakening for me, a remembering, that, that deep remembering that speaks to your, your bones. I mean, you know how plants are. They manage, to, they manage to get their roots right in there and they pull up those places of sadness, they pull up those shadows from the depths that we've pushed down and we, we said, oh, that doesn't matter. I'm not doing that anymore. And that's kind of what happened to me. And I, and I realized that, the, that there was this connection with plants through my breath, through meditation, through my shamanic journeys, because I'd, I guess I'd been on my shamanic path for a couple of years um, before I got to Nova Scotia. So I was beginning to really open those those extra senses, that intuitive way of being in the world and with one foot kind of in this earthly plane and another foot in the spirit world anyway. So it was just this opening that in a way it crept up on me uh, and it was so persistent and, and you know I, there was nowhere to turn there was no city to run off to and hide in a coffee shop it was it was there every day and it was very raw um and um but equally so inviting and so sweet that that's how this awakening um happened for me and and it, and it sounds silly like oh well you didn't you realize that that was going to happen wasn't that your plan when you went to canada and and no it wasn't at all but uh, and I know that your listeners will agree that plants have a very, they're very persistent in a very gentle, sometimes not so gentle way, but they persistently, uh, it's like the way they grow around you entwines you. And I, I felt so entwined really with all the plants and the, the sort of spirit really uh, of the farm that I was, yeah, I was totally inspired to uh, create um medicinal products you know beauty products and salves and tinctures but also to really add in the magic there of, of that plant spirit connection and we found ourselves unable to you know we we learned the hard way when you're when you're farming you know you you get into that headspace that says right I want these plants to be here because this makes sense for me harvesting and and then this happens and you know you're very logical about how things need to be but we soon learned that the plants, you know, they had another, um, they had another um, idea of how they wanted to be on the farm. And so there were some, some really steep learning curves. And, you know, plants don't like to grow in straight lines. They don't like to be um, part of a, a formula. They're, they're a journey that we, we go on. And I feel like 
Yeah, that was it was huge medicine for me, really, just being in that immersive space. And so when we actually, um, and and so what? Well, what I started doing is I thought, well, this is amazing, and I wanted to teach people how to do it. I've always really been very practical, and I I never like to, um, and you know, working as a healer when I was. Um, predominantly giving Reiki treatments. I never like to kind of be prescriptive and like, well, oh, this is the message I've been given. My 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 way of being really is I would love to teach people and empower people to learn for themselves, grow plants for themselves. So rather than just be simply, say, for example, giving somebody a motherwort tincture, I was like, hey, why don't I give you this tincture so you can see how you get along, come up to the farm, I will give you a motherwort plant so you can take that home and you can find your way to connect. So so that was really how I liked to bring it in for other people. Um, and, and I, and it was really wonderful having the farm space for people to be able to come to the farm, meet me, meet the plants and, and have their own experiences because I really believe it's about our personal connection and exploring our relationship with how the plants are speaking to us. And we're all led to create different things. And for me, working with plants is, is a very creative process because it's really connecting us to that source of, of who we are and, and what our magic is to bring out in the world. And I find that plants are this beautiful method for us, for us to, to be doing that. And so I, I guess that was the inspiration for the book was, oh, I need to really get all of this down so that there's a practical guide for people to, as a starting point, um, because I, I'm, I'm a very, I'm get, like I said, I get very inspired by nature and it's, it really brings out this sort of creative force in me, you know, reminding me that I am this force of nature. And so I, I actually think the book is a designed really as a guide to kind of start people off on that journey at some many many people they they'll come to me and they're just like they think they they think they're missing something because they're not sure how to connect with plants and you know really all it is um and as you know it's it's really remembering this wisdom that we carry remembering the 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 the, the ancient wisdom that our ancestors enjoyed experience just we're just we're just calling back that power to remember this connection we think we're disconnected we're not we just need to pause and take the time and create the space for that connection so I find mostly in the workshops that I run now um, and even back in Canada it was really just allowing people holding that space so that people can come in to the space bringing whatever they're bringing with them and connecting in with the senses within that space so that they can really explore um, because we don't give ourselves this time in our in our lives and we don't give ourselves the permission either to to do that exploring and that playing you know with our with our childlike nature so that's um a, a little bit about how the book came about I, I was realizing I was having all these wonderful experiences and I really wanted to share them. But really, it was this inspiration to give people a very practical starting point, um, particularly because we, we, we can get started, I think, quite easily now with the herbal side of things, the herbal um, making herbal medicines, foraging, identifying plants, um, and so forth, that practical side of making herbal medicines. Um, but in terms of sort of making those spirit connections, 
I, I wanted to just really put down some practical tips of, of how you can bridge that gap because also I find as well sometimes when I talk to people and say that I, I work as a shamanic herbalist or a shamanic practitioner, there's a bit of eyes glazing over uh, as to what that really is. So I, what I wanted to do with the book is to really help bridge that. So we're talking about plant spirit connection but you know that that spirit of nature is that is that wonderful essence that we that that stops us in our tracks when we're on a lovely walk and we see a beautiful tree in front of us or we see the sunset looking so magical you know that's what we're that's the essence that we're we're wanting to connect with and reminding ourselves to to forge a deep relationship with and so I wanted to give up this starting point the springboard as to how someone who's never even thought about you know a shamanic path or never even thought about plant spirits even might just want to connect or go further with their with their gardening or go further with their herbal medicine making just feel a little bit more inspired to perhaps bring prayer and blessing and ritual into the preparation of medicines or into the planting of a garden just to help allow that enchantment and magic to grow within our within ourselves yeah so that's the story of the birthing of the book really I suppose and it's obviously taken a few years since I got back from Canada to to Scotland to 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 get it down and to get it organized and um just really because it's it's a birthing process in a sense and it's it's hard to um for it was well it's a process to get that out into the world and really in a sense I'm really excited now that it is out in the world because then I can actually get creating other other new um ideas and plant stories which are flowing too so uh, it's interesting how the more you work with plants, the way you work with them changes and flows. And it's just, you know, these seasons and cycles. So I've got so many new things bubbling because I've managed to actually birth something so that n- new things can start growing. So that's the exciting part for me is is bringing all that will come and, and all the hearts that are going to open, you know, on this on these paths with us, with this plant spirit work. Mm-hmm. And a book is forever, you know, once it's out there, it's, you don't know whose hands it's going to find itself in and how it's going to change their lives. And um, I, I wanted to have you on because I, your message is just so in alignment with what I am doing on this podcast and with this underlying belief and guiding principle that the plants can bring us deeper into ourselves. And that is really going to be the, the, the foundation of any real healing journey, especially Mm. long-term, especially chronic conditions, you know? And um, so I love, I just love your emphasis on moving beyond working with physical medicine and medicine making, although that's of course a part of it, but really using the plants to, to get to know ourselves, building relationships with the plants to, build a deeper relationship with ourselves, with the land around us, with the other than human um, creatures that we are all in relationship with. So I'm, I'm just very excited about your book and about um, sharing it with people. And so I would like to hear, you mentioned um, stories, plant stories. And of course, that's also a big part of what I'm, what I'm trying to do here with this show. 
Uh, you had told me a little bit about this beautiful encounter you had with the spirit of mugwort. Uh, mugwort is very much my, I always say mugwort initiated me into the path of herbalism. Mm-hmm. And I think that many, many people, um, maybe especially women, find that that, that, that is the case. Um, and, oh, you know, there's just, there's so much to say about mugwort. Um, so why don't you tell us your story with that? Oh, I'd love to share it with you. So, um, I was, well, really, it starts really with me and my garden. So I was, I was bumping into something, uh, an issue that was happening in my life. And I was thinking, what on earth is all of this about this drama that keeps coming up for me. And so I took it, you know, into my garden, I took it somewhere in nature to just to, you know, allow the inspiration to come in, because this is what I this is what I do. And this is what I, you know, recommend everybody needs to, if there's something on your mind, you need to just you know, change of scene, get out in nature, get with some, get with a plant, something to bring in some magic for you. So there I was in my garden and I'm, I'm going over it in my head. What, what on earth could it be? And, and I, and then I find myself, this mugwort plant was directly in my line of vision and it was, you know, doing its little wave to me. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness me, this plant's really speaking to me. And, and 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 what happened then really was probably the next few hours of absolute kind of trance stroke meditation stroke journeying with this mugwort plant and it was very spontaneous and I mean I mean I'm in my back garden which at the time was connected to some um, some flats and small houses. So my garden is overlooked by people. So I am not alone in nature by any sense. I'm, I'm in a very urban environment in my garden. But this mugwort plant was, was really cooling to me. And I found myself, um, it just reminded me of a memory really long time ago as a child where I was hiding. And this mugwort was just, it was taking me really right down into that shadow part of me, that was feeling like it wasn't enough. And I, I, I tell you, the memory that it brought up for me was something I had, you know, one of those things that, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you um, that memory that, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was anything that at the time seemed significant, nothing that I thought I was carrying with me. But Mugmore had this way of just bringing it up to me and, and showing it to me and showing where I had buried that part in in me. And, and actually just reminding me it was it mugwort was kind of challenging me it was it was like the plant was pushing me to to you know this this choice you either can hold on to this or we can we can go in this spiral and we can we can let this go and so I ended up really with the plant moving and um as if I was kind of doing this spontaneous movement around the garden and like I said I I was really, you know, if there had been a neighbor overlooking, well, they would have had an absolute, you know, um, laugh at looking at me, you know, in doing this spontaneous movement with my body um, while the plant was as if it was moving through me, moving the the experience I'd had, uh, showing it to me, highlighting it to me that it didn't need to be there anymore. Um, and it was very, very emotional for me, this. And at the time, I I kind of, um, it went on and on. It was one of those things I was trapped in. It was like I was transfixed with the, the mugwort plant. 
Um, and I, I couldn't break the spell. I was totally under the mugwort spell. Um, and at one stage, I literally, this was kind of towards the end when I really felt it moving through me, moving this experience through me, I, I became an eagle. And I was, you know, running around my garden, flapping my wings. I mean, this sounds totally hilarious and hysterical, but this was how the, the, the plant was moving through me. So it was incredibly powerful, these kind of surges of energy that were that were causing me to, you know, become a bird. Um, and it was just, um, it was, it was kind of exhausting and th- because it was so physical throughout my body. And this is why I know that, um, Margot's such a deep and magical healer because I'd always, you know, I'd hidden this experience, which upset me when I was a little girl. It was, it was an experience all associated with shame, which I never knew I was carrying. And this, and this mugwort, you know, it wasn't going to let go. It challenged me and it was, I'm, you know, it was like, we're, we're, we're taking this out. We're, we're, we're taking this out. And as a result, you know, I'm becoming this free, um, this free bird, um, like eagle-like creature, as this this mugwort moves this medicine through me, and the interesting thing was that I I kind of came to a rest in the garden, and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that's over, and I'm sort of breathing heavily, and I'm just feeling quite physically exhausted by this plant and this whole experience because it, you know, I'd, I'd gone outside, like I said, to take five minutes just to think something over not really thinking that I was going to step into a, a sort of um, a deep healing process. And so I go to walk back in my house and I'm, I'm coming up the stairs and it was when I came to the stop of top of, I came to the stop of the stairs and I saw mugwort in the mirror at the top of our stairs. And I, you know, there's no mugwort, you know, in the, in the mirror, there's no mugwort at that particular place in my flat. So I came back in the, in the flat and I thought, and I knew that the mugwort was not finished with me. She, she was not going to let me go. This was not over. There was still something else that needed to be processed. And so I, again, I found myself spontaneously moving. So this time I'm in, I'm in my, I'm in my living room and I'm just spontaneously moving, flowing. And this song came to me. I was, I was singing a beautiful song of, of being free and, um, um, uh, I'm sure I can remember the song if I thought hard enough, but, um, I, so I was, I sang this beautiful song of being free, um, not having any shame, being free of shame. And it was just, it was just a beautiful healing experience of, of allowing this to move through me and really move it from a place of deep hidden secrecy and pain locked away into this expansion of joy so it was very sort of like really going from dark to light from stagnant to movement from pain to joy and again this this experience was just it was so physically draining and exhausting and I ended up I get I sat to just I was like I was sort of almost like desperate for this to finish because it was like how long is this going to go on for I'm you know muggle I, I don't know if I have the stamina for this you know and this this plant was not letting me go but I ended up so I sat on the sofa and I thought to my, you know, I, I'm managing to plug in the, the the brain that's thinking, oh my goodness, how can I let this, how can I get, how can I escape mugwort basically? And what I ended up doing is is playing a, a track 
I, I put on YouTube and I was like, oh, I need some, you know, I need some really inspirational light music. And I was playing that track um, called I Am Light. Um, I think it's by Indra Airy. And I ended up just playing that and I was just listening to it over and over again, trying to basically ground myself, but in the light and giving thanks to Mugwort. Thank you for your blessings. Um, and, and really, but it was, it was, it was very difficult to, to take myself out of that experience actually, because Mugwort had got this hold on me and it was like we'd decided, or my spirit had decided, yes, this is time to let this shame go. Mugwort was yes, I recognize that we're doing this, but it took a lot of time to actually get that experience out of my system. And then when I felt more down to earth, I then took myself for, you know, an Epsom salt bath and water just to really, you know, cleanse that, honor that, um, and again, let it go. But it, that was my, that, I mean, we talk about Margot being a magical plant. She's a very magical plant. Um, I've always worked with her um, in a dream self that I make and to help my dreams be more vivid and clear and brighter and my shamanic journeys. But this was really my first it was my baptism, actually, of really personally meeting how powerful and deep that plant can go. And it was it was all my shadow shame coming up. And boy, wow. I mean, it was just intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was having a similar thought that you may know, think of mugwort as this very magical plant. And it is. And people are like, use it for your dreams. Just use it. Take it. Yeah. But a lot of people are have an experience similar to yours where Magord is very fierce with them. Um, and that can come through in a variety of ways. It can come through in not so pleasant dreams and, and, ex- and experiences like yours, but it's, it's something that is in the long run healing, even, you know, even immediately healing as long as it's integrated, processed and understood correctly as you did. And you had, um, you know, you, you were prepared for that kind of experience through the work that you had been doing, the inner work you'd been doing, the, as you mentioned, shamanic work that you had been doing for decades, I believe, already at that point. And so you, mm. were, you were able to meet Mugwort there, yeah. meet in the middle and figure out what this meant and what was going on and give yourself over to it and then process and integrate it fully. Yeah, I, and actually, that's where I think mugwort, because she's such a powerful plant, can be um, can be a little frightening for people. I mean, I I was really fortunate in that um, setting in that I, I had the time and the space, and like you say, that that kind of spiritual tools in terms of how I ground myself and that awareness of oh okay this is happening now you know more as a curiosity rather than a panic um coming up in me because of some other you know other experiences I've had shamanically and the training I've had and I think mugwort can I mean this is actually true for all herbs isn't it we become very um blase about them like oh yeah here's a cup of mint tea or let's oh ha- here try this new um infusion blend that i've made it's this it's this it's this and we we become a little blase with them and almost sometimes forget that they really are very deeply powerful and we all are so individual because of our conditioning and our experiences and and the, and the filters that we have with with these beautiful plants that we um all react differently and we all react differently 
at different times as well. So, um, yeah, I've, I've had experiences with clients who have been fine, you know, one particular workshop, maybe using Rue and handling Rue, for example, and then another workshop, they just it touches them ever so lightly, and they and they break out in terrible um, rashes and blisters, you know, from these plants. So we, I think, in a sense, we we have to remind ourselves, you know, there's that that humility, isn't there, and that that um, just that reminder that actually these plants are quite ancient beings. There, and so certainly for me, mugwort is is such a grand is she's like a fierce grandmother so sometimes she's very sweet and we can have we can sit and have tea and cake and that's all lovely I'm having my mugwort tea but other times you know grandma is she's not going to let you get away with something she, she's going to pull you back into that alignment with your true self with who you are and so we always have to remember how to have that respect um, and and not just for mugwort like I said for for all the plants there's there's always something they will do to remind us. Um, I had an interesting experience recently with a good friend of mine who's a herbalist, and um, I had got back from I had got back from the Amazon actually, and um, we'd had some beautiful, well, many, many amazing plant experiences as you can imagine with the Amazon, and I had some of the the herbs that I'd bought out there with me. Um, things like Wayusa, and there was some Ishbingo as well. And uh, I shared them with my friend because they were such beautiful medicines and, and lovely herbal teas and infusions. And we were having, you know, we'd been having lovely um, medicinal plant baths. And I shared them with my friend because I knew she'd enjoy them. And, you know, a few days later, I'm getting a phone call from her saying, oh my goodness me, I've had this terrible reaction to one of the herbs um has this ever happened to you she said you know and and fortunately she she, she was doing a herbal bathing and fortunately she hadn't just decided to dive in or or throw herself you know um in in a shower of the this this herbal um infusion fortunately she she decided to just uh you know, stick her hand in first or, you know, to, to test it out because she, she was, she was savvy enough to know that, you know, not all plants agree with all people all of the time. And she had an absolutely intense reaction that I have never heard of. And, and that again was this reminder, just to, it brings you back to center. And maybe I think it always helps us to question, well, the, the what am I doing this for? Um, what am I really looking for? What am I really hoping for? Why am I really here with this herb? Um, and it helps us right, perhaps look at our intention again um, and again go inside and find what, what's this really teaching me? What's this really showing me? Um, and, and then asking ourselves again, am I, have, have I got the courage to, to hear those answers of the questions that I'm asking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like any, like anything else, like, uh, mm -hmm. synchronicities or Oracle cards, any kind of divination or even dreams. It's, it's all just reflecting you back to you and it's reflecting you where you are at that moment back to you. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I, I wanted to go back a little bit and just comment on what you said about how you were on the path to get a degree in what what's the exact title? Herbal medicine. Just herbal yeah. medicine. And then you yeah. 
you you didn't and you know thinking thinking back to that it seems like because the regulations around practicing botanical medicine are so strict in Europe that could have been a very limiting path for you and I mean, do you do you feel that way as well? And instead, here you are still completely engaging with the plants, helping people heal. And it's so much more open ended. And there's so much more freedom in the eventual plant connection that you that you ended up cultivating. I, you know, it's it's I know it's a blessing, isn't it? And it took me so many years to to let myself off that hook. It's like, it's okay. You didn't have to get that degree and become a clinical herbalist because guess what? You wouldn't really have enjoyed it anyway. You know, um, that's one thing that, you know, I was saying earlier is how, how inspired I am when I'm in relationship with the plants and out in nature and how that brings out it. What it reminds me that I am a creative being and I'm as creative as a, as a cherry tree. I'm as creative because I'm part of mother earth. And so, yes, I think, um, even though it took me a long time to, to, you know, to lay that to rest um as a as a as a as a career path i think yeah it would have been very constricting for me and i know many many herbalists who feel that they don't even have the connection with the plants because they've been you know so many years in in clinical study and um they are longing them you know they they long themselves for the actual connection with the plants um so it's interesting times for herbal medicine and I, I really, I'm, 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 I think I'm really happy with the, the path that I'm on because when we're connecting with spirit, we are really, we, we're getting right to the heart of, of who we are, like you were saying earlier and, and how we really all fit together in the, in this magical place. So I, I'm, I'm happy that, yeah, the traditional herbal medicine route was, was perhaps not the one for me. And I love the fact that the work that I do, you know, it it enhances that work that people are doing and the, the teachings, and medicine, sort of home, home medicine making that people are doing. I think it opens up many, many other pathways when we start to, to look at plants in that way. And, uh, our perception of plant consciousness is really changing too so I think it's just really encouraging and I and it's driven really I believe by the plants themselves too so um but yes the the strict regulations here um those that sort of changing things like that yeah we, we, we'll have to kind of see how it all pans out I think because it's it, it is a medicine of the people um as we know and uh, I have an interesting uh, a friend of mine is uh, she's a traditional storyteller here in Scotland and she's been spending time with uh, seniors in um, in homes and she goes around and she tells her stories because she's talking a lot of the old Celtic um, legends and myths but she always loves to talk to them about herbs and herbal medicine and what she's uncovering which is really interesting is that there's a there's a reluctance amongst them to really talk about it and to own it because for them it was seen as the medicine of the world and so that generation um 
were so quick to adopt, you know, going to pharmacies and, you know, why would I, why would I um, go and forage in the fields for two hours to find the medicine and then have to prepare it and cook it and have it as a tea when I could go to the pharmacy and the doctor for free and, um, uh, and, or just for a small payment and, and be able to get the medicine I need. So for them, she, she's really uncovering that actually it, there is a bit of shame associated with the, the herbal medicine of, of, our, of our past, even though we, we are super excited as the younger generation to reclaim it. There, she's uncovering the, these these wounds actually that are there of of shame of of being someone who maybe can't afford to go to the doctor, so they dig up the roots and and pick the leaves and the berries to make their own medicine. So I I found that fascinating, and we we were both really feeling into that as a as an area that we can work towards healing really. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share that because we we do we kind of um we look back on it as wow there was all this amazing knowledge that we've lost and goodness me it's it's so amazing all of this um traditional medicine and why don't we use it anymore and and it's just really it's just really fascinating to feel into the emotions behind um that loss of knowledge and and the reasons that that or, or well, certainly one of the reasons that 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 would have happened for us so mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, it's, you know, I'm reading a book right now on the 1918 um, flu pandemic, which is just something mm-hmm. I'm endlessly fascinated by. And the author goes really deeply into the the history starting in like the late 1800s of modern scientific medicine. And, you know, for those generations, it really was miraculous that you could, that antibiotics would would kill diseases and that vaccines could help prevent diseases. But what we know now is that it's so much more complex than that. And that those are not, um, you know, surefire bullets that will just take care of everything. And we're done with infectious diseases now because we're not, and they're actually getting worse and mutating rapidly. And we know that now. So I'm just thinking about what you said in that bigger historical context Mm -hmm. of, it really did seem miraculous, modern medicine to those people. And in many ways, of course, it still is, you know, surgeries mm-hmm. and life-saving techniques. But I think we have the perspective now in our generation of seeing that there's so much more complexity to health, to d- disease, to global disease than um, than we thought, you know, during during those, those times. Um, and it reminds me, too, of, you know, indigenous and other oppressed people's and immigrants, you know, refusing to speak their language or, or teach their children their language and turning away mm. from that very deep rooted part of themselves because they were they were needing to fit into the dominant paradigm in order to survive. Mm. And I'm, I'm grateful that now we get to be a part of the generation who's who's reclaiming these things and who's kind of able to integrate um, maybe the best of both worlds as far as medicine goes and to, you know, reclaim lost um, languages and, and parts of our cultural heritage. Um, I was, I was, I was very much wanting to hear more about, about this, uh, this story that you hinted to me about a vision that you had of your, your great grandmother. Oh, um, my great grandmother. <laughs> yeah, sitting sitting at the bed at your bed, yeah. the foot of your bed when you were a little girl. 
Oh, my goodness me. I know. I'm smiling away because that was just amazing. Well, actually, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I'm I'm also a reflexologist. I learned reflexology. And actually, in a way, this story is one of the reasons that I learned reflexology because for me, you know, lots of people think reflexology is like, oh, it's a little massage on your feet. And it's uh, it just really goes way beyond that. And so during um, a reflexology session that I was having, a friend of mine was was giving to me, I I had I kind of went on a, a journey, I had a vision and, and, and a real remembering in, in my whole body. So some some of the, of the points that she was obviously pressing on my feet were, were unlocking this energy, were unlocking these memories for me. Um, and the memory I had was of my great-grandmother, who I never met at all. In my uh, as a you know in my as a child because she she she'd gone long um, before I was born but in this vision she was sitting at the edge of my, on the end of my bed as I was a child sleeping and I I knew in my whole being that this was a vision that I had seen um, many many times as a child so it wasn't me having this treatment, sort of having a dream about that. It was actually me remembering this happening to me as a child. And wow, it just, it felt so reassuring that she had been looking out for me and connecting with me as a young girl. It felt, um, because I was always very scared of the dark. Um, We were in a house that was haunted. You know, there was all sorts of... um, there was all sorts of um, creaks and, and groans in growing up in the house, growing up, and I always used to just tell um, the ghosts to, to just go away and leave me alone. That was the thing I used to say most of all as a child, go away, leave me alone, if ever I heard a creak. Um, and I'm still a bit like that now with my boundaries with the spirit world. If I'm not up for anything, I'll just say, go away, leave me alone, please, um, which I think is a very safe way to be, actually. Um, but yeah, this memory, um, this, this treatment unlocked at something that I'd buried inside of my body and it just brought back this beautiful memory of my great grandma and that caring love that she, she had and watching over me. And I, so yeah, that feels actually even to think about it now just feels really comforting for me. So, um, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful one to remind and it's, rem, it's a reminder actually really, again, I mean, similar to my mugwort story in the sense that we we bury so like our the, our body is our vessel for our for our spirit and in this in this lifetime and it, it's been through every experience with us and I always think about this in terms of you know when we get so attached to possessions or even photos um, of things and I think and I'm like well if I was there my being knows my being remembers so I don't necessarily need a keepsake a reminder because I am the reminder and so actually my my two stories there really highlight that yes this body carries us through each of those experiences and it all and it does remember um, these things so I there I think there's such a greatness to being able to access what what lies in our body and that's really a beautiful relationship that we can have with plants because obviously we can physically interact with them and we can ingest them so they can actually become part of us 
too, as well as meeting them in meditation. So, and movement as well. So all these, I mean, we're, we're, we're just living in such amazing, magical times where we are, we're like more and more, we're just becoming empowered with all of these um, ways that we can um, heal ourselves and transform and just raise the vibration that we carry. So yeah, we talked about modern medicine, we've got herbal medicine, we've got many, many types of, of actual, um, of body therapies, you know, therapeutic massage, um, reflexology, all of, I mean, we've got, we've got so many ways now of, of helping the physical body health wise and also helping our, our spiritual and mental health. So I just feel like we are, we're so empowered. We've got all these amazing tools around us to unlock trauma, to unlock past memories. And, and actually, yeah, my story about my great grandma shows that actually they're not all sad memories that we bury deep down and painful memories. We, well, the body is carrying so much joy actually and it's not that we mean to bury it it's just that we get so freaking busy with everything that we're, we're not always carrying that amazing vibration and and actually yeah I think I I think one of the things I work on and this is part of my shamanic path is is holding the light and holding the light of who I am and holding the light on the path for other people and being in that light and and being in that sort of transfigured state of being allowing the light that we are to shine through and so the light that I am includes um, all my joyful experiences uh, that I can radiate out into the world and and then as I'm shining the light in through my being I can shine the light on all the shadow parts of me that I'm trying to hide away and in a sense the, the story with the mugwort shows that once we start to work with something which is painful and shadow like once we shine the light on it and you know add one of our herbal friends it shifts it moves and it becomes something different and and then the vibration will change and move through us in a different way so yeah unlocking stories that seems to be the theme of our <laughs> that seems to be the theme of the talk today unlocking unlocking the stories from within and then also unlocking which really is unlocking our power and our medicine isn't it mm -hmm. I've been I, I love this I've been thinking about it a lot lately that um you know our, our bodies carry our stories and as you said we're not always aware of it we just you know our consciousness can't we just cannot hold everything at once <laughs> we were focusing on the here and now and survival and getting through our days and what's in front of us but we hold so much and i think this is why ancestry is so powerful too because our bodies carry the stories of our ancestors as well our bodies are their bodies we we have our body because they had their bodies and those stories get they get passed down in the genes and the dna literally and on a more subtle spiritual level as well so the more work that we can all do to keep finding our own stories is the more healing we can all experience and i really appreciate you and all the guests i've had on the show and all the people working um, working in this realm I was curious, 
I was curious what you meant. I think I got this from your book, this um, snippet of phrase that I wrote down here. What can you explain to us? What is your practice of meeting the spirit of plants with the breath? Oh, well, this actually um, is a beautiful practice, uh, which you can call. I call, I think actually Pam Montgomery calls it the green breath. But it's really, the I and I suppose the technique I do is, is, is similar to that, um, but slightly different. And so what we, I, I mean by that is that we are we're already in this relationship with plants because of the way we, that symbiotic relationship we have from our breath, with our breath in that I am breathing out carbon dioxide and the um, breathing in oxygen. That's what I need in order to survive. And plants quite beautifully uh, are the, are the, um, are the opposite. A plant needs carbon dioxide in order to, you know, complete all its complex functions. And then the, the plant through photosynthesis produces oxygen in which in turn we breathe. So you can, do a beautiful meditation with a plant where you um, just spend some time tuning into the plant, you know, find a plant to work with, holding your intention. Oh, I want to, I'm going to connect with the plant and just find a beautiful plant to work with. Sit down by the plant. And how that wants to expand. And then with your intention, just start breathing very intentionally. And I like to, I like to, as I breathe out, breathe out through my through my mouth so I can kind of blow my breath toward the plant. And as I'm breathing in, I'm, I'm saying a mantra to myself. I'm saying, um, I breathe you. And then as I'm breathing out, I, I, it's simply I'm saying it to myself, you breathe me. So I breathe you, breathing in, you breathe me, breathing out, and then blowing the, blowing the breath to the plant. And so this is a, is a sweet sort of... Um, place to meet the plant and in just the sharing of um sharing of the breath of life really because they are the breath of life for us and we are the breath of life for them so it's it's an honoring of that relationship that we have and it's beautiful for you because you get to slow down and tune in and the the longer you do it for you the more you'll be getting into that state where you're kind of merging with the plant really the the sort of the, the energy fields around you seems to just encompass you. And um, it's a lovely, pleasant place to be. And if you've ever made a flower essence um, or sat with a plant for a period of time, then, then you and your, your listeners will know what, what that feeling feels like to merge with a plant in that way. Um, so, yeah, it's a really simple practice, but very, but really beautiful. So it's just like a conscious way of, honoring that connection that we have with each other. Yeah, I mean, it's so simple, but it sounds so profound. And I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it myself. And also, I would imagine that, you know, you get into um, a somewhat altered state anytime you're really just focusing on your breath, it's just, you know, just simple meditation, a meditative state, and that that can really open, open us up to deeper encounters. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I talk about it in the book, really trying to what we're trying to do, or I feel that I'm trying to do when I'm with the plants um, is I want to bypass my brain, actually, because my brain 
is going to think, oh, I know this plant. Oh, that's interesting. Wow, that looks weird. So my brain's going to be thinking all the time and it's it's going to be thinking it knows what's happening or thinking it's going to know what's happening next. And I mean, actually going back to um, the fact that I never did my herbal medicine degree, I think it's such a blessing because in a sense, my knowledge of plants is perhaps not as expansive as it would have been if I if I had really become a clinical herbalist. And that is such an advantage when you want to connect with the spirit of plants because you you're out you you're you're not as in your head as you would be if you have a lot of plant knowledge. And sometimes it's much harder for people who have so much plant knowledge or medicinal knowledge because they're they think they know about a plant before they've got there. And so we have to to get out of that headspace and I, I call it being in your heart space and that's how we we feel our way around the garden we feel our way around the herb patch to uh, tune into which plants are calling to us which plants are speaking to us and once we can get into the heart space we're, we're feeling it and you know we've talked just today about how much knowledge and um, wisdom, you know, is held within our bodies. And so we're, we're trying to tune in as well to the, to that wisdom that is carried in our bodies. And we might pick up sensations through, um, by feeling, feeling cold, feeling hot, feeling tingles, um, things like this, or sharp pain when we, when we connect with certain plants. And, and I'm always encouraging people to sort of start there, start with the heart space, start feeling your way and, and tuning in, when we tune in really acutely to actually to the physical senses with the body, so through the smell, through the eyes, through the ears, um, even through song and movement and touch, what we're doing there is because we've got this knowledge in our body, we're actually bypassing the brain because you're, you're this, the, the way the body reacts to, to touch um, these touch receptors, they, they don't even have to go, you know, through our, through that logical thinking brain because the body has these automatic responses. So we're just trying to be in that space to to fool the thinking mind. And once we can, and, and yes, if we're, if we're used to meditation and we're used to being in this calm space, then it's actually, it's much easier because we're already used to tuning, tuning our awareness into, into the breath or tuning awareness into into putting our attention elsewhere other than, you know, oh my goodness, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? Did I do this? I need to do the washing. You know, all these other things which can happen to us when we, when we get out in nature. And often it's, it's what I find interesting is when we start to want to connect with nature, we'll, we'll go for a walk. And sometimes the first, you know, 20 minutes of being in, out in nature having a walk, we're so in our heads because we're going through what's happened in the day or we're 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 um, gearing up for something which is going to happen, that we're not really in that present state in nature. So, um, being in nature and connecting with nature, it requires a little more than just oh going for a walk. It's it's we're we're trying to really help ourselves get back to center, get back to the knowledge of who we are, and actually yeah, doing it through the breath uh, is a brilliant grounding way of anchoring that attention. Um, and as is, you know, fee- bringing that attention from the head into the heart and just feeling our way, not thinking, but just feeling which way would I like to turn on the path? 
what feels right for me rather than, oh, I think this way is the shortest and I haven't got much time today. You know, there's a sort of difference in the way that we operate when we start to feel things. And that's certainly, in my experience, the language of plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a lesson I'm constantly in need of learning. <laughs> I'm, that I am constantly learning and that comes up over and over again on this podcast too, is, you know, moving out of the head, moving into the body, moving into the heart. And mm. you are so right that plants are an amazing um, gateway into that way, that mode of being in the world. Um, okay, Faye, thank you so much for talking to me today. I Maybe, maybe someday I'll come visit you in Scotland because I'm certainly going to go to Scotland someday and visit my ancestral lands. And um, I, let's, let's tell the good people where they can find you, where they can find your book and, you know, what you've got going. Well, um, I, you can find me at fayjohnston.com. And on that website, there is um, there is a link to Plant Power, so you can get a free um, chapter, free audio from the book. And you can find the book on, I mean, it's pretty much available in all good bookshops and, uh, and online as well. And it's called Plants That Speak, Souls That Sing. And um, I've also got a YouTube channel. I'm on Facebook as well at, at Faye Johnston. So just... Um, check me out and um i've also got a free online course which is discover the spirit of plants as well and you find that on my website too so there's all sorts of ways to work with me you can work with me one-to-one or certainly in september i'm releasing some new online programs because i really want to be able to have a space for people to share um, their experiences with plants and to, you know, for, for me to hold with guidance to help everyone go a little bit deeper. We already do this. I have a Facebook group called Plant Spirit People, which everyone is welcome to join. So that's another sharing space in terms of what people are doing, what plants they're working with. Um, but yeah, it's my vision really to get more and more people just expanding their awareness with plants making plant medicines bringing raising this vibration so that we're all really the forces of nature that we're we're born to be Mm. Um, and of course i will have the links to everything that faye just mentioned on the show notes to this podcast Uh, so again thank you so much faye it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you amber take care thank you for taking these medicine stories in I hope they inspire you to keep walking the mythic path of your own unfolding self. I love sharing information and will always put any relevant links in the show notes. You can find my blog, handmade herbal medicines, and a lot more at mythicmedicine.love. While you're there, be sure to click the black banner across the top of the page to take my quiz, which magical herb is your spirit plant? It's a fun and lighthearted quiz, but the results are really in-depth and designed to bring you into closer alignment with the medicine that you're in need of. If you love the show, please consider supporting my work at patreon.com slash medicine stories. Um, there's some cool rewards there, like exclusive content, free access to my herbal ebook and online course, and the ability to chat with me. I am a crazy busy and overwhelmed mom and adding another project into my life with this podcast is a questionable move, but I'm also so excited about it and just praying that the Patreon will allow me the financial wiggle room to keep doing it. 
Another way that you can support if that's not an option is to head over to iTunes and subscribe and review the podcast. That would be super helpful. Thank you. And thank you to Marie Sue for providing the music that I use. That's Marie with two E's, S-I-O-U-X. This is from her song, Wild Eyes, one of my favorites. Uh, Check out Marie Sue. Beautiful music. Thank you. And I look forward to next time. Bye.